Chapter 105 of The Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter 105 An Unexpected Defection almost as soon as we heard the voices we saw those who were giving utterance to them a horseman appeared issuing from the jaws of the chasm another and another until eight had filed into the open ground they were all armed men armed with guns pistols and knives he in the lead was at once identified the colossal stature the green blanket coat red shirt and kerchief turban proclaimed that the foremost of our pursuers was holt himself immediately behind him rode stebbins while those following in the file were the executive myrmidons of the mormon faith the destroying angels on entering the open ground Holt alone kept on without slackening his speed. Stebbins followed, but more cautiously, and at a distance of several length of his horse. The Danites, at sight of our animals, and ourselves too, for they could not fail to see our faces over the rocks, drew up, not suddenly, but one after the other, as if irresolute whether to advance or remain where they were even stebbins though moving on after the squatter did so with evident reluctance he saw the barrels of our rifles gleaming above the boulders and when within about fifty paces of our position he too reined in keeping the body of holt between himself and our guns the squatter continued to advance without the slightest show of fear so near had he got to us that we could note the expression upon his features though it was difficult to understand it it was one that bespoke reckless determination no doubt a determination to recover his child from the savages who had stolen her for as yet he had no reason to think otherwise than that we were indians of course none of us thought of firing upon holt but had stephens at that moment advanced only a step nearer there was more than one rifle ready to give out its deadly detonation holt approached rapidly his horse going a trot he held his long gun obliquely in front of him and grasped in both hands as if ready to fire on the instant all at once he checked his horse dropped the gun on the pommel of his saddle and sat gazing toward us with a look of bewildered surprise white faces appearing over the rock instead of red ones had caused this sudden change in his demeanor before he had time to give utterance to his astonishment lillian glided from behind the boulder and standing with arms extended cried out 
oh father they are not indians it is marion it is at the same instant her sister appeared by her side marion alive cried holt recognizing his long-lost daughter my child marion yet livin god be praised there's one weight off of my poor soul and now i ease it all another as he uttered the last words he wrenched his horse half around and dropped to his feet upon the nearer side then quickly resting his rifle over the hollow of the saddle he brought its barrel to bear on the breast of stebbins who still sat upon horseback scarce twenty paces distant from its muzzle now josh stebbins cried the squatter in a voice of thunder the time's come to square the yards with you what do you mean holt mechanically inquired the mormon in trembling surprise what do you mean by that i mean you infernal skunk that afore you leave this ground you gotta make a clean breast of it and clar me of the crime of murder what murder inquired stebbins prevaricatingly oh you know what i'm talking about twa'n't no murder twere only a suicide and god knows it broke my own heart holt's voice was husky with emotion he continued after a pause for all of that appearances were again me and you invented proofs that would have stood good among lawyers though they're as false as your own black heart you've kept em over me for years to sarve your rascally designs but there's neither law nor lawyers here to help you any longer there's witnesses of both sides your own beauties down yonder and some here of a better sort i reckon afore them i call on you to declare that your proofs were false and that i am innocent of the crime of murder there was a profound silence when the speaker finished the strange and unexpected nature of the demand held every one in breathless surprise even the armed men at the bottom of the vion said not a word and perceiving that by the defection of holt it was almost gun for gun against them they showed no signs of advancing to the protection of their apostolic leader the latter appeared for a moment to vacillate the fear depicted upon his features was blended with an expression of the most vindictive bitterness as that of a tyrant forced to yield up some despotic privilege which he had long wielded true it mattered little to him now the intended victims of his vile contrivance whatever it may have been were likely to escape from his control in another way but for all that he seemed loath to part with even the shadow of his former influence he was not allowed much time for reflection scarce the opportunity to look around upon his danites which however he did glancing back as if desirous of retreating toward them stand your ground shouted the squatter in a tone of menace stand your ground 
don't dare to turn your face from me if you do you'll only get the bullet in your back now confess or by the eternal god you hain't another second to sit in that saddle the quick threatening matter in which the speaker grasped his gun told stebbins that prevarication would be idle in hurried speech he replied you committed no murder hickman holt i never said you did no but you said you would and you invented proofs of it confess you invented proofs and kept em over my head like a black shatter confess that stebbins hesitated quick or you're a dead man i did muttered the guilty wretch trembling as he spoke and the proofs were false they were false i confess it enough cried holt drawing down his gun enough for me and now you cowardly snake you may go with your beauties yander they'll not like you a bit the wuss for all this you may go and carry your conscience along with you if that'll be any comfort to you away with you no exclaimed a voice from behind and at that time wingrove was seen stepping out from the rock not yet exactly i've got a score to settle with the skunk the man who'd plot that way again another hain't ought to live you may let him off hick holt but i won't no would you either i reckon if you knew knew what interrupted the squatter what he intended for your daughter he air my daughter's husband rejoined holt in a tone that betokened a mixture of bitterness and shame that was my fault god forgive me he ain't your husband nothing of the kind the marriage war a sham he were taken poor marion out there for a different purpose and lillian too for what purpose cried holt a new light seeming suddenly to break upon his mind to make answered wingrove hesitatingly i can't say the word hick holt in present of the girls to make wives to the mormon prophet that's what he intended with both of them the scream that like the neigh of an angry horse burst from the lips of the squatter drowned the last words of wingrove's speech and simultaneously the report of a rifle pealed upon the air a cloud of smoke for a moment enveloped holt and his horse from the midst of which came a repetition of that wild vengeful cry at the same instant the steed of stebbins was seen running riderless down the valley while the saint himself lay stretched face upward upon the sward his body remained motionless he was dead a purple spot on his forehead showing where the fatal bullet had entered his brain the sisters had just time to shelter themselves behind the rocks when a volley from the danites was poured upon us their shots fell harmlessly around while ours fired in return had been better aimed 
and another of these fearful men dropping out of his saddle yielded up his life upon the spot the remaining five seeing that the day had gone against them wheeled suddenly about and galloped back down the gorge ten times faster than they had ridden up it it was the last we saw of the destroying angels oh my children cried holt in a supplicating tone as he staggered forward and received both with his outstretched embrace will ye can ye forgive me oh god i've been a bad father to ye but i knew not the wickedness of those mormon people no nor half of his till it war too late and now and now father said marian interrupting his contrite speech with a consoling smile speak not of forgiveness there is nothing to forgive and perhaps not much to regret since the perils we have gone through have proved our fidelity to one another we shall return home all the happier having escaped from so many dangers dear father ah marion girl you don't know all we have now no home to go to the same you ever had interposed i if you will consent to accept it the old cabin on mud creek will hold us all till we can build a larger one but no i added correcting myself i see two here who will scarcely feel inclined to share its hospitality another cabin higher up the creek will be likely to claim them for his tenants marian blushed while the young backwoodsman although turning equally red at the illusion had the courage to stammer out that he always thought his cabin war big enough for two stranger said holt turning to me and frankly extending his hand i've much to be ashamed of and much to thank ye for but i accept your kind offer you bought the land and i'd return ye the money if t hadn't been all spent i thought i could make up for it by giving ye something ye might a liked better now i see i can't even give ye that something since it appears to be yourn already ye've won her stranger and ye've got her all i can now do is to say that from the bottom of my heart i consent to your keeping her thanks thanks lillian was mine forever the curtain falls upon our drama and brief must be the epilogue to scenes warlike and savage succeeded those of a pacific and civilized character as the turbulent torrent debouching from the mountain channel flows in tranquil current through the alluvion of the level plain by our utah allies whom we encountered on the following day we were outfitted for recrossing the prairies the abandoned wagon with a team of indian mules affording a proper means of transport not without regret did we part with the friendly mexican trapper 
and our brave associates, the ex-riflemen and ex-infantry. We had afterwards the gratification to learn that the scalpless man survived his terrible mutilation, that under the protection of Pegleg, he and Sure Shot were taken to the valley of Taos, whence, along with the next migration of diggers, they proceeded by the Colorado to the Golden Placers of California. To detail the incidents of our homeward journey were a pleasant task for the pen, but the record would scarcely interest the reader. The colossal squatter, silent but cheerful, drove the wagon and busied himself about the management of his mules. The young backwoodsman and I were thus left free to interchange with our respective sweethearts. Those phrases of delicious endearment, those glances of exquisite sweetness, that only pass between eyes illumined by the light of a mutual love. Proverbially sweet is the month after marriage, but the honeymoon, with all its joys, could not have exceeded in bliss those ante-nuptial hours spent by us in recrossing the prairies. Clear as the sky over our heads was the horoscope of our hearts, all doubt and suspicion had passed away not a shadow lingered upon the horizon of our future to dim the perfect happiness we enjoyed in our case the delight of anticipation could not be enhanced by the actual possession since we had possession already we arrived safely in swampville in the post office of that interesting village a letter awaited me, of which Jet Black was decealed. Under ordinary circumstances, this should have cast a gloom upon my joy, but candor forces me to confess that a perusal of the contents of that epistle produced upon me an effect altogether the reverse. The letter announced the demise of an octogenarian female relative whom i had never seen but who for a full decade of years beyond the period allotted to the life of man or woman either had obstinately persisted in standing betwixt me and a small reversion so long indeed that i had ceased to regard it as an expectation it was of no great amount but arriving just then in the very nick of time was doubly welcome and under its magical influence a large quantity of superfluous timber soon disappeared from the banks of mud creek ah the squatter's clearing with its zigzag fence its girdled trees and white deadwoods it is no longer recognizable the log hut is replaced by a pretentious frame dwelling with portico and verandas almost a mansion the little maize patch scarcely an acre in extent is now a splendid plantation of many fields in which wave the golden tassels 
of the indian corn the broad leaves indigenous vegetable the aromatic indian weed and the gossamer-like florets of the precious cotton plant even the squatter himself you would scarcely recognize in the respectable old gentleman who mounted upon his cob with a long rifle over his shoulder rides around looking after the affairs of the plantation and picking off the squirrels who threaten the young corn with their destructive depredations it is not the only plantation upon mud creek a little further up the stream another is met with almost equally extended and cultivated in like manner need i say who is the owner of this last who should it be but the young backwoodsman now transformed into a prosperous planter the two estates are contiguous and no jealous fence separates the one from the other both extend to that flowery glade of somewhat sad notoriety whose bordering woods are still undefiled by the axe not there but in another spot alike flowerly and pleasant the eye of the soaring eagle looking from aloft might see united together a joyous group the owners of the two plantations with their young wives marion and lillian the sisters are still in the fall bloom of their incomparable beauty in neither is the maiden yet subdued into the matron though each beholds her own type reflected in more than one bright face smiling by her side while more than one little voice lisps sweetly in her ear that word of fond endearment the first that falls from human lips ah beloved lillian thine is not a beauty born to blush but for an hour in my eyes it can never fade but like the blossom of the citron seems only the fairer by the side of its own fruit i leave it to other lips to symbol the praises of thy sister this is the end of chapter one hundred five this is the end of the wild huntress by thomas main reed